Previously on Punches and Popcorn, we were going into the wild world of John Wick 4. We covered the intro. We covered all the way up until some fascinating setup points. We finished off with John Wick ready to go to the Ruska Roma in Berlin to get back into the family to try to use single combat to get out of the life that he has been forced back into. And now we are here for John Wick 4 Part 2. Welcome back to Punches and Popcorn. That is a wonderful intro with our friend. We are here with, again, our the, in my opinion, the biggest John Wick fan in the world, our man, Chris Lindstrom. So excited for John Wick 4 Part 2. Yes, Part 2. Part 2. And with us, of course, we also have the Master of Doom, the Doctor of Doom, our walking weapon, Dominic DeMore. Howdy. Happy to be back. <laughs> and, of course, we can't have this go down well without a good plan, and that plan has to come from our genius, Jason Bills. Happy to be here. Excited to talk about part two of part four. <laughs> Is that like, that make this like part eight? Uh, you know, I was an English major. I can't do math. I'm, I'm going to skip right past this. Let's just jump right back in. So uh, as our friend Stromy here set us up so nicely as we last left off, uh, we you know, we raved about the introduction of Donnie Yen in this movie um, and uh, all the like plotting. We got to the Osaka Continental and uh, we left off with John and Winston reunited and it feels so good. And John delivered that once he figured out he needed to go back to Berlin, he delivered that fantastic line that summarizes it all. He said, every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> ah, Wait, that's a different movie. All right, but... Is that is looking... a much worse sequel, The Godfather Part 3. Yes. Thank, thankfully, there's much no... Much worse sequel. <laughs> there's no fighting, hand-to-hand fighting that I remember in that, so we will never and can never cover that movie. But let's get into the there's movie. There's incest. It's weird. I don't, I... <laughs> let's, uh, we're just going to stroll right past that. It's a that. kind of martial art. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Well, that's a door that hopefully we won't hope to get ever. Uh, But the door we are going to open is Berlin and John's old life with the Ruska Roma. So um, it's kind of fun. In this movie, we get back to John's roots, and which were hinted at a little bit in the second one? Third movie. Third movie. That's wow. We've covered a lot of John Wick. Yeah, with Angelica Houston and and the ballet and everything. And now we get to the other side of it, you know, this is actually there in, you know, in Berlin, and we're diving into the Ruska Roma more, and him walking in to, you know, walking into, you know, this dangerous area where everybody doesn't want him there because he is, you know, he's out completely out, and if he walks in, they're part, they're under the table, they're rightfully able to, you know, tear them completely down to the ground, um, and he convinces them, you know, after they attack him and start hanging him. Yeah, that which... was fun. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a typical Can we can we talk about the attack first? Oh, please. Go. Yeah, please do. And the priest pulls a 12 gauge oh, yeah. out from under his robes 
and then shoots him in in his magic suit. Like, yeah. can can we just? That was awesome. And I was so like, cool. That's what they have under those robes. Yeah, I thought it was just yeah. altar boys. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Another martial art. You know. <laughs> <laughs> See, Jay, I'm thinking of a movie. It's it's spooky season when we're recording this, and I just watched a very spooky movie that we will not sojourn into, but called Men. Um, that is still disturbing me, and there's oh, a really God, interesting. So good. There's a really interesting priest in that movie. So if you're really into the priest dynamic, check out Men. But we're not. We're talking about John Wick Part Four. <laughs> He's back with the Ruska Roma, and they give him a mission that is going to lead us to the second martial arts superstar cameo in this movie. Yeah, so they they basically set up because, you know, the person he was going to see, the you know, the patriarch of the family father, Piotr, you know, he was killed because John Wick killed the elder. So repercussions, right? Yep. This is yep. this is the consequences. And now Wick needs to kill the person who killed Piotr to let them, you know, take this risk of letting him back into the family. And they have this character and a half who his name is Klaus. He says, I am Klaus. I am Klaus. And he hits him in the face. And then he's, I am Klaus. And then just hits him unconscious and brings him to like a casino Royale scene. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, is, I mean, I called awesome. him Groot. I am Klaus. I was just like, this is guys Groot. And, yeah. and pause on Klaus. Oh, I didn't even plan that. Pause on Klaus. Pause on Klaus. Klaus. Um, he is apparently, and I don't have the name, Jay probably knows this, maybe, but he's actually a famous bouncer in Berlin. Of course so, he like, is. So, like, he's super noted, and I just, like, I didn't even know outside of Roadhouse that there was a world of famous bouncers, so, like, this is something I want to know so much more about, so. <laughs> are, are we sure he's famous, or were they just filming, and we're like, oh, the guy who's supposed to play Klaus is gone. Hey, you, yeah, you, you, come here. You're, you're going to play this no, Apparently, he's, like, super fa- – I mean, I know, like, super famous bartenders from, like, TikTok, and, you know, there's a lot of my love to – I wonder if there's, like, famous bouncers on TikTok. Like, you could just watch people getting thrown out of bars. That'd be I'd have sweet. to imagine there is. Gonna you know what? I, I'm going to investigate this, and if I find any, Please I'm going to share it. And if you know any famous – if you listening are into the hot world of bartending TikTok – excuse me, bar – I mean, yeah, bouncing send me TikTok? bartender because that's cool. But bouncing TikTok – Please, punches and popcorn uh, on Twitter X or whatever it is while it still exists. Anyways, yada, yada. My sojourn is done. They we get this great uh, Groot Klaus character that brings him to the bad guy he has to beat. And that bad guy is the character Killa Harkin. Yeah. And this is, you know, the whole vibes going into this, um, because I know Dom is eager to talk about the actor um, actor behind the character. Um, but the fascinating thing is they almost just created a James Bond scene in the middle of this movie Yes, with a card yeah. scene with, you know, uh, wick, uh, you know, you know, a bad guy, Kane and the tracker all in one thing. It's like, yeah. it's so Bondian very like with, you know, the bad guys cheating and, you know, and then setting up all the, all the next, um, you know, action angles, but the actor behind the suit, um, is like completely fascinating, and Tom, I know you were like really into that. So I love Scott Atkins. He's uh, Atkin. He's he's uh, Scott. Aiken. What is his name? Help me. This is <laughs> our geniuses department. They all sounded pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I always mispronounce. You're gonna edit this, by the way. <laughs> oh, I'm not. Uh, it's got no it's got Atkin, right? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Scott Atkins. Because I'm like, it's not Atkins, it's Atkins. There, there well, is an S at the end. Atkins. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> so if you, so we have to do Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. That is the first time I saw him, and he's sick. He's a sick yeah. martial artist. And then I remember he was like Jean-Claude Van Damme's um, second in command in Expendables 2, which honestly oh, Jean-Claude Van Damme oh. is the best part of Expendables 2, which is not totally agree. Far. Yeah. Uh, but he's really good too. And he's a kick-ass martial arts. And what's funny is I always talk about how, oh, John Wick, the, the fighting is grounded. The fighting is grounded. His fighting is not. He's going for that Jean-Claude Van Damme vibe he does spinning roundhouse kicks in a fat suit with yes say, fat suit. Fat suit. like like <laughs> oh by the way scott hackens like uh, he he's a he's a handsome handsome man and i was like this is kind of interesting you took one of the better looking people in this movie and we're like Let's give him fucked up teeth and a fat suit. Let's have <laughs> him do a German haircut accent. and the right, whole right. thing. And I was like, you know, and I saw an interview and it wasn't his idea. They were like, we're putting you in a fat suit. I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Cool. Like, well, yeah, I mean, he's like, a specimen too. And they're like, nope, no, nope, we're going to put you in a fat suit. <laughs> I mean, what I read, it was like a, a sort of homage to, um, oh my God, Mike, help me out here. Uh, <laughs> Enter the Fat Dragon, Samo. Yes, thank you. It was homage to Samo in terms of like bigger people being able to, you know, still move. So it was as a kind of love letter to Samo, but at the same time, like Scott Atkins is just wearing a fat suit, so it's it right, kind of right. interesting. I mean, yeah, Jay, and he still moved the same. He was, still yeah, like, no, it didn't slow him down one bit. But also, like, I, I, I actually watched an interview with him. He talked about how he changed his style a little bit to be more of like this heavy hitter, like power puncher, power kicker, and because, it really worked. Yeah, it really it worked did, too. Yeah. But like he still if, did judo. He still did drop Sanagis and throw yeah. them. And like, I was like, this is awesome. But there and was like, some with gri- the water raining oh, down. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, because like the scene has a lot of reminiscence to you know they really did some fan service there too. You know they brought some red circle vibes oh, yeah. from Wick One. Absolutely, they threw the red circle music on briefly. Yep. Um, but man, yeah, the, there was some gravity to the way he fought too. Like he fought like a bigger guy too, and it felt that way, right? Yeah. You know, he, you could see the talent, but also in many ways he fought like a bigger guy. Yes, which made it work because if it was just high athletics, it would look weird. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. But the other side, oh yeah, he's just super talented and also can throw the big power. But yeah, like there's, you know, big falls. Like you know, Wick did a, you know, big fall like he did in the first movie. Um, yeah. You know, there's hatchets all over the place. Kane and the tracker oh, yeah. teaming up to fight with him, and it was like really fun. Um, and hell, John Wick threw a card and cut a guy with it. Right in that scene too. <laughs> like this is the kind of stuff that was going on. But like you got beautiful scenes with. You know, uh, with with Kane uh, fighting and the tracker fighting and everybody just like having a blast, and we get that whole huge you know fight scene, which was awesome. Awesome. Um, awesome. And this is the part of the movie where I feel, and I, we've we've had this conversation, and this is the point where it goes full fantasy in my mm. which is not bad. Like 100%. I always say, it's not a bad thing. First John Wick movie was. Pretty much up until when he kills his son, I'm like, I buy it, I buy it, I buy it, I buy it. And then it starts to get a little more fantastic. And then the third one starts to turn into a Final Fantasy game. But now, (laughs) once he fights Killa, I'm like, he's a superhero. This is a superhero movie. He's going to do some crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And you know what? Because they took 
four or three and a half movies to get to that point. I was conditioned enough. I was eased into the most unrealistic part so well that I bought it. I was like, all right, he can do it. He could, he, he, you know, honestly, he could fly at this point right. and shoot lasers from his eyes. And I'd be like, eh, we, okay. Yeah, yeah, right. And, right. I, and I think that's a, a testament to how good these movies are is in order to keep the, you know, in order to keep the audience entertained and not make it monotonous, they ramped it up, but they did it at such a good pace, mm-hmm. such a good pace that now he's essentially, I know he's going to do something otherworldly but like i expect it and i'm ready for it and here we are right and in in this point in the movie uh you know as we're gonna get to as we're gonna get to soon or shortly here we're gonna get like one more uh plot movement break and then it's gonna be basically solid action yeah. all the way through oh yeah because that's yeah let, let's let's get into some of the plot points so i'll i'll drive towards the plot points and everybody chime in as they want to um, so after, you know, after we get that huge battle scene and, you know, Wick knocks out his tooth and brings it back to the Ruska Roma showing yep. that he's like, he has killed Killa and so, so sorry, Killa, so sorry. Um, <laughs> I just, I just want to comment just real please. briefly that it's amazing that if you told me going in, uh, we talked about this last time that like this movie with Donnie Yen put into it, you're like, even with the way the first scene is is built with him like punching the post like this is the this is the movie for us martial arts fans so if you had told me going in this movie like we're now not going to have like a famous actor that we're training as martial artists we're bringing the legit guys in you're getting Donnie Yen and you are getting Scott Adkins i would have i would have been and obviously was pumped by this but if you said it's Scott Adkins but actually He's in a fat suit. <laughs> I would have been really skeptical, and they and they pulled it off. So again, credit to all of them that 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 yeah, worked it it, as it did. But well, hundred percent because everybody bought in, right? They right. they said, "Hey, we're going to make this work. Right. We're yep. not going to halfway do it." And I, I think that's what that's why the next scenes work too, right? Because we've got also one other thing to note. Oh, please! This movie is starting to blend together, but this, <laughs> this movie. <laughs> Like, not the main villains, but, like, the, spe- you know, like, the head goons are monsters. So They're good. Huge, oh, yeah. these huge, big, white, bearded men, like, <laughs> jacked and, like, in suits. And I feel like if they put Scott Atkins with his, with his physique and his look, he would kind of look like one of those guys they plucked out. And so I actually think really like the fact that they made him ah. honestly visible from space from the movie stand. That, that makes sense. Oh, <laughs> because you point, took a guy Tom. who has the charisma and they right. made a look that's equally as shocking. And I, and I loved it. And right, loved it. right, yeah. right. Nice. So great. Yeah. It wouldn't happen any other way. Oh, right. absolutely. And uh, speaking of no other way, um, <laughs> now we, we get into all the setup stuff, which is. You know, he gets back into the Ruskaroma by, you know, getting uh, getting branded. And again. also the and then the the woman there, she also gets branded. So like I guess this doesn't happen often or like she's just got brand is she like looking for like inner thigh, like next guy, she's gotta find some skin space for these brands. You have to go between the toes right. branding. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um <laughs> Uh, so like, and then we, we get after, you know, that was pretty quick and it was a little nice. Hey, he's back. And now he has the ability to get he's back. <laughs> <laughs> and now he gets a chance to actually go for a single combat. 
And Winston goes to see the marquee in a museum. Shout out to John Wick 2. Oh, you yes. know, giving us that little museum, beautifully yep, filmed yep. scene. Uh, Winston issuing the challenge. If Wick wins, he's out. If the marquee wins, he's a legend. Winston gets his hotel back. But if Wick loses, um, Winston dies too. Yep. So everybody, you know, you lose, everybody on your side's dead. Um, and then they set up all the things like, hey, this is going to be at sunrise, like super Western again. You get the yeah. the duel at sunrise with pistols. Yep. yep. You know, it's just, you know, setting up with Kane, obviously being the challenger that the Marquis sets up as his uh, person. And basically it's like, and then they set up failure to meet at the time of location means death. And, <laughs> and he's like, the, the guy comes to see, talks to Kane and the first, he says, uh, "Hey, you're you're gonna be my second. And he's like, "Won't do it. Yep, <laughs> yeah, won't do it. Nope." <laughs> Which it was. I laughed so loud in the theater, and right. people would just weren't ready for how much I was laughing. That was one of his. He has like three moments that to me are memorable. That he like just. I think I talked about this before. The Kane has zero patience for basically anyone. Except for John Wick, which I think, you know, well, he has the moment that I'm sure we're going to get to or at least mention and where they have this moment together in the church. Like, he has no time for any. There's something. I wish I could remember what it was when they had their little uh, James Bondish um, card game moment. He said something like that to kill it, too. Oh, yeah. And there's a later moment where it, he just drops it like, fuck off. To, yeah. You know, oh it's, God, and that's yeah. just one of those moments that I just love. Like, no patience. Anyone else? Like, nope. Not going to do it. Yeah, and it's it's really fascinating because, like, and then, you know, after he says that, and they're basically saying, hey, if you want to be out too, if you win, you and your daughter go free. And then, you know, he's back he's back in too. Like, he didn't want to be in, and now he's forced to do this thing. And then we get this um, really touching scene between Donnie Yen and, uh, and John Wick, you know, between Kane and John Wick in the church where, you know, Wick's saying goodbye to his wife. Um, and Kane talking to him saying like the dead are gone. Only the living matter. We're damned you and I, and then Wicks on, on that. We agree. And I really yeah. like that scene. I, I also it was great. It, I also think it, it added some perspective and made you, I don't want to say not side with John as much, but like yeah. the more Kane's story was fleshed out, the more I was like, I mean, I kind of want Kane to win. He has something to fight for. I mean, John doesn't. He's got nothing except a dog, and you know, which could be adopted by someone nice. Like, <laughs> you know, this guy's fighting for his daughter's life. Like, that's, you know, and the and, and you know, that was abstract earlier in the movie. But the more it fleshed out in this scene, I'm just like, Kane's right, John. You know, you do what you got to do, but don't take don't take her down with you, man. Come on. And yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, and well, I'm kind of interested too. And Jay, what do you think about like? Because I had that kind of reaction too. It makes you think. Like we talked about in the third movie, John said basically he's fighting for his wife's memory. Kane mm -hmm. is fighting for an actual still living person. Um, I don't know, Jay. Where did you land in watching that scene? Um. <sighs> I'm a, I'm still kind of conflicted about it. Like, like you mean like who am I rooting for? Or Maybe just... I don't know. Did it change who you rooted for? Or no, no. I still wanted John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go to hell with his daughter. Just kidding. 
<laughs> <laughs> I love Kane in this movie. He's so great. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. But I, 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 I'm just been, you know, just exposed to John Wick surviving for so long. I, I need that. That's the drug I need. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, they, they had that little moment at the end where, you know, he says, I miss you, John. It's so good to sit with a friend. And that's how they ended the scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Oh yeah. They're, like, they're going to, try to kill each other tomorrow. Right. But they have this moment of like, it's good to sit with a friend. Like, but they're, they're, it's bringing that gravity. Like we were talking about gravity with, you know, with Kella because of, you know, his the actual weight that they were using, but they really brought some gravity to a lot of the scenes starting with this. You know, I sometimes wish like, I mean, obviously they're going movie to movie. It'd almost be nice. Like if, if we also knew Kane from movie two or movie one, like it would have been sort of cool. Cause we always meet these people he's known for years but right. we're just meeting for the first time. But this this is a really good scene where you're kind of believing it and not just being like, oh, this they needed to he John needed to need, needed to meet this guy at this point in the movie because this has to happen. So what well, like, I think th- that's a yeah. fascinating idea. Like it's you know, we'll we'll get into our retrospective at the end, but like you take a step back and you look at like, man, what if they really did say, Hey, we're gonna do we're gonna do this many movies and we're going to build this guy, this right. other guy up for the rest of it. Like, could it have been even better? That's a really fascinating question, right. Jay. I, right. I love that idea as a, you know, what if we built him up for three movies? Right. Like, for example, like, what if this didn't happen? What if Willem Dafoe lived from the first movie and he's the guy that comes in the end? Like, that would have been, like, insane. Right. Right. For me, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> right. no, absolutely. But then, and better than one default fighting, but story dramatic stuff. Sli- uh, slightly yeah. better. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's get into the final setup because this is this is the last setup before this movie goes into like eighth gear of action right. movies. Yeah. Um so this is, you know, the Clancy Brown, the Harbinger trying to talk sense into the marquee. Say and another one of those you know, quick lines I wrote down, a man's ambition should never exceed his worth. Yeah. Which was like, Ooh, Ooh boy. Like he's really talking down to this guy. Like you're being a pretentious prick. Just you're going to (laughs) die. This is how this works. It reminded me of, uh, some love, some hate, the line from Darth Vader and rogue one where he's like director, be careful not to choke on your own ambition. Yeah. (laughs) That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and exactly. And then we've got, so like from there we get into like, you know, we get the little setups with like, Hey, the Bowery's everywhere. It's in Paris too. So we get, uh, you know, we get uh Fishburne and, and, uh, and Winston back, yep. you know, on, uh, it's La Bowery. La, <laughs> <laughs> La Bowery. Right. We get the black suit is back. Oh, it's so the, good. He gets, and it's interesting. He he gets one gun, right? Not a like the full like armory. He's got the M4 and the shotgun and this. He gets this pistol that I love how uh, Lawrence Fishburne describes it. That he's like, it's got some ferocious fucking fangs. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I and it was so good. Like and then you know it's all in thing like, hey, we're going. Yeah, you know, we're going to this thing. We have to get to the duel. But the marquee is basically. You know, starting to say basically, here the dollars are up. Everybody's going to prevent him from getting to the duel. Then we get this just astonishing voice just come in and talk to all the people in Paris to go after John Wick. And man, that voice is just like you hear it on screen. Like, oh my god, 
That is that is one of the best radio voices I've ever heard. Oh yeah. And Jay, you know what that's an homage to? Homage to No. <laughs> oh, come on, that's totally uh this they're totally making it an homage to Warriors. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In this yeah, moment yeah, with yeah. the okay. woman and the Good microphone. Call, sir. I like that. And yes, like it's totally the just even the framing with just the lips and the microphone. It's like beautiful. Very yeah. and it's and it a lot of it like what happens next is very much like Warriors where, you know, for those that don't know one, you should go out and see it now because it's one of oh, the best seventies movies yes. of all time. And fantastic film, but in that movie this gang is basically fighting through the city of New York to get from the Bronx all the way to all the way to Coney Island by dawn, basically. And in this movie, at this point, now John Wick is trying to get through Paris to dawn to fight this duel. And yeah. so we're getting this narration happening by this DJ that bounty's going up like what was the first bounty on John Wick? Like seven million? Oh, it was like below that when it started, and right. then it and just now it's going up to what? Like, what does it get to by the time? I think it was four. I think the Italian yeah. guy made it four, and now it's like who knows? Oh, it was getting up into like you know into the twenties. Twenties, yeah. And it's like it's wild, like the amount of money that's being thrown around. Um, but the note I took about this, so. Like, this is the first time in all the movies they used, like, a. actually, in the first one, they used pop songs, but that's the first time since the first one they used an actual recognizable song. Yes. And they mm. went into, like, Nowhere to Run to, and it was all yep. because of the radio theme. It was beautiful. Yes. But mm. the note I took was, this is about to start one of the most relentless, exciting, and fun action sequence I have ever seen. Amen. Um, Amen. So I, I did the time, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the time now before we get into it. It was 28 straight minutes of Whoa. action and mayhem. 28 minutes yes. of straight, like, unbelievable action, and it never lagged. Like, it never felt like, oh, man, this is just too much action. 28 minutes of action, and it was astonishing. It was so fucking amazing. I was just blown away by how good that was. And just like how much I was smiling and laughing watching that, watching those scenes. Well, let's cherry pick. What's your, Stromy, what is your, out of that whole 28 minutes, what's your favorite part? Oh boy. Ah, like I love, so let's go through it and then let's, let's talk about that before we get to the, I don't know if we'd have time. That's why I was like, yeah. And I just want to point out too, just one other thing with the radio station, the call sign for the radio station was WXIA, which uh, we should know. That's Wuxia. That's the that's the whole uh, martial, especially <sighs> like the fantastic Chinese mystical martial arts. Yep, that's yep. So like all good. the sword fighting that's and so, so it's just I a forgot fun about extra that. Nice one, there, Mike. <laughs> right? Like there's so because that right, it's relentless. Now it's there's so much going on, and I like how you said you can kind of break it up by its songs and its locations, and it's all kind of different. In diff- like it's very segmented how things are happening in it. Yeah, it, like which which helps us break it down because oh, absolutely. How else do you? Yeah, because like because like, the first scene in this you know sequence, we'll we'll get through this and then we'll take our break. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and we didn't even talk about there's a fantastic conversation between John and Winston on the boat before he goes. I oh yeah, yeah. Go for it. Some of those like where they talk about like, what would you have on your gravestone? And 
you oh, know, yeah. when John kind of at the end says that line, I think it's a friend. That's what he was above all else. Oh, uh, that was about Sharon, yeah. Sure, yes, right, right, And right. then uh, that, Wick yes. says, you know, what does he want in his grave? Loving husband. Loving husband, that's right, yes. Uh, just a great moment of gra- that just helps kind of set and get us emotionally connected again after we get the cool gear up scene. Um, and then, yeah, this this moment, and we get into the into the battle so yeah i think yeah let's let's take our break now That's and then we'll idea. come back we'll we're gonna burn through the action scenes because it's hard to describe every moment it's right. impossible right so we're gonna go through those quick and then get into you know the actual denouement of the movie and everything else so i think we're gonna take our break and we'll yeah. be right back If you want to learn all about the diverse foods of Rochester and Buffalo and don't want to do the work, Nominate is made for you. Nominate runs events where you order a meal that feeds two people, packaged to go for $40, but the twist is you have no idea what you're getting until you pick it up. Each meal comes from one typically small minority-owned restaurant. We work with them to select dishes that best represent their cuisine and make sure you have a fun experience. We host events at Three Heads Brewing, Fatty Beer in Rochester in the neighborhood of play, the new home of Black Button Distilling on University Avenue, and in Buffalo at the fantastic Nowhere Lounge located in the heart of Kenmore. Drink pairings are available for sale at each event that work well with the food. Follow us on social media at Nominate Meals and go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an upcoming event. Join the nomination. And I'm thinking we're back. And we're back. Oh, we're back. To get into the marathon of mayhem and violence that is the conclusion of John Wick Chapter 4. So we talked about this just before the break, guys. We're getting into it now. The fight, the what I think is the Warriors Dash, um, where we get into this big battle that is really all about uh, Pennywise, our bad guy, um, trying to keep John from getting to the duel because he's a wimp. But <laughs> that's my opinion. That's my opinion. We can talk more about that later. Sparkly suit wimp. But wow. I do yeah, like that this the is the villains. All the villains are yeah. kind of the, the androgynous, you right, know, you're like, all trash. The... right. <laughs> okay. So we get, so the one thing, even though there's a lot going here, we're going to try to move through this quickly. I like that it's really broken up by songs and locations. So we start out at Stromy mentioned uh, rightly that I didn't think about it. That this is really the first time that we actually get uh, so like, songs that exist outside of the John Wick universe. And the first really big song with a fight scene, we get Paint It Black, which, I mean, Paint It Black is always an exciting song in a movie like this. And in this part, so this section, he is in the, oh, and I will butcher it because I took Spanish, so yell at me for my French pronunciation. But he is in the Septiembre Orondosme. Yeah, I can't Oh, boy, that. that's rough. Yeah, that's... Yeah, so... <laughs> I, you know, I... I know. I'd Spanish say I'd say that's a solid. That's a solid C minus. <laughs> solid C minus on tone. I think you're being generous <laughs> on that. But so my mother's this... a French teacher, and she just turned over in her grave, <laughs> and she's still alive. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Mama Tabore. <laughs> um, yeah. So this neighborhood, and it's a street fight. This is very reminiscent of a lot of the scenes we have where John Wick is in a neighborhood in a city and literally everyone is coming at him fighting him. Yeah, and that that's kind of the quick one, right? We just get like, and I almost didn't note it just because it was like, yeah, he fought a bunch of goons yeah. and the goons did not do well, uh, meaning they all died. Right. Um, it, it, this is basically his warm-up, right? Yeah, and then, yeah. then he's actually starting to get hit by cars. 
Right. So getting hit by two cars fast. A few, yeah. Like two cars, <laughs> like that's one, a lot of one, getting hit one. by cars. Right. Like, Jay, how many times have you been hit by a car? Oh, uh, well, that's a horrible question. <laughs> Dark part of my life. Uh, zero, though. <laughs> two I, cars. I was waiting for the, like, actually uh, six <laughs> Two, two, yeah, six, t- six times. I don't. There's something. There was a dark cloud shaped like a car that was hanging over me. Uh, you know, um, it but, did remind me of uh, a spring break that Dom and I spent in Panama City, Florida. Which the only thing notable when I will describe, if anyone were to ask me what Panama City, Florida is like, I will say it is the type of town where when you cross the street, cars speed up towards you. So, <laughs> luckily, did not get hit in that town. But, uh, it seemed like the, the locals there have a real love-hate relationship with the spring breakers and probably deserve to. But anyways, yeah. we are here to talk about yes. spring break fights. We're here to talk about John Wick fights. So we, we, get that, we get that scene, and then I think goes into like one of the most hectic and intense like car scenes ever at the... Arc de Triomphe, yes. which um, better, s- solid better. B plus, solid B plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the first part of that is straight up car fighting. Oh, like, it's, they're just in the roundabout fighting with cars, and there's so many cars, and like the driving that goes on in those scenes is just so unbelievable. And it, this is like you think it was Italy with the way they were driving, <laughs> right? It did actually feel like Rome in many ways, right? Um, but it was just like. They're fighting, you know, he's fighting the bad guy in the circle with all the cars going around him, like, you know, doing car, doing flips in the cars and just like, uh, you know, the tracker in there with the dog jumping on cars and attacking people. Um, you know, the tracker taunting the marquee on the phone and it just where he's raising up. I think that's where he gets it up to like 40 million, 40 million in the next scene. Yeah. I mean, it really, that car scene, I think I, in my notes, I described it as this is a demolition derby with guns. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there's just the action going on, and then but, when but they one get... of but one of the better like I mean Jay, it's got to be one of the better like straight like big car scenes in a movie because it's just like it's so beautifully hectic. All yeah, at the same it time. sort of like really sets sets out the uh, kind of like the head goon guy that kind of just shows up uh, in several of the fights, and you're they're kind of setting him up, even though I don't think he has any like dialogue lines and. Um, they just really <laughs> make you hate him when he throws Tracker's dog into a moving car. Oh, yeah. It's just like, what? There's what? no sure way to make the audience hate you in a John Wick movie than yeah. to do violence on a dog. <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. It doesn't right? go well. We get no. there, and then they get out of the car, and they're fighting in the middle of the street. Uh, meanwhile, I was just going to note this song. This is actually my favorite fight song, I think, of out of any of the movies. I don't know why, but like, and I can't remember what it is. It's just like the beat and what they have that's specific to, it switches when they get out of the cars and are fighting in the street, whatever it is. It's just really cool. I really freaking dug it. And it made me really buy into all the fight. Like, you know, again, it's like a techno song or something, but I just thought it was freaking cool. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, as they're going from the street, they transition into a building. Yep. And like this one, I want to bring to Dom because this is, I'd say this is the most stylized scene in the movie, if not the entire series. And is when, this the top down in Cinderella? Yeah, is, this, is, uh, this is this is absolutely up video. love that. This I felt like I was watching. A, I felt like I was watching a video game. Honestly, that scene is so well choreographed, oh. and also it has. It, it's amazing because 
I feel I how can I put it? I felt like most of the scenes I feel very close. But in this one I felt very much like God looking down upon it. And I just kind of was absorbed by it. To be perfectly honest, I don't remember a lot of it because I was just like shocked the whole time. I was just like Oh yeah. Wow. Because wow. it was right, it wow. almost turned into a Resident cool. Evil kind yeah. of yes. vibe. Yeah, yes. yeah, it was it was a top it was a, a top down shooter. Like it was incredible, and the incendiary bullets were great because you just oh, yeah. it oh. added because what it what that did what that did, and I don't actually don't know how those bullets work or even if it helps, <laughs> but it what it did clean. for the lighting because oh. you have this 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 rickety. I don't know. Was it a condemned oh building or was it, it just like, like a, it. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a, a condemned building. building and then it's dark and dank and then pop light and then pop light and then pop oh, yeah. light. So it was basically not only was it dynamic from the standpoint of motion, but it was also dynamic in the way that the lighting worked. It had these irregular bursts of bright light, yep. you know, not not like strobe light, not sequence, but it was just it, it kept me so engaged. It was almost trance-like. I loved it so much. It was I, I was like in a trance. Well, and it this is actually amazing. where this is where they brought in the red circle music while he's going around That's shooting right. this. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, you brought the red circle music back for one of the most badass action it's scenes nuts. ever. And it's, it's like, nuts. oh, oh my god, it is so good. And you get all that, and then you get you get the the tracker fighting Wick. Um, so they're actually fighting because, you know, he's actually going after him. It's up to $40 million now. Uh, they fall through the floor Home Alone 2 style. <laughs> fighting hand-to-hand, rear naked choking. Speaking of speaking of martial arts. Um, and then, you know, the dog was getting attacked by the main henchman. And Wick chooses to save the dog versus, you know, killing the tracker. Right. And... Which is so John Wick. Right? And then yes. now the tracker is, you know, partially on Wick's side. And, you know, he gets knocked out of the window onto a van. And after all that injury, now we get to... <laughs> I, I, I think this is my favorite action scene in the movie. I'm not sure it's even close. Um, the, the 222 steps oh. um, <laughs> was... Sacre coeur. Yeah, I climbed oh. that. That's that's not fun. But, but I, no one was shooting at me at the time, no. so it was a little bit uh, easier. I also just want to pause and go back for a moment oh, please. to a comment that Stromy made about Home Alone 2, and now I'm just picturing that I want to see someone do a like fan version or maybe even like fanfic or something where uh, someone hires John Wick to – well, not someone. It's the Wet Bandits hire John Wick to take – <laughs> to, to take, take out, out Kevin, Kevin McAllister. McAllister. <laughs> I just want to see. Aren't they the sticky bandits in Home Alone too? Like, oh, they, they might graduate? be. That's right. Well, either way, uh, that's out there. And if someone will make that, that would be. Can yeah, a I mean, dog rip off young Donald Trump's balls? Can we, can we, can we have that? <laughs> Listen, we've got go. I think we've described this before. We clearly are a gold bed of great ideas. So Hollywood, we're, we're here. Punches and popcorn at gmail.com. We're, we're, re- <laughs> we're ready for you. But what we are ready for is the uh, sacre coeur. Did I get closer to pronounce Better. it? Better. Sacre yes. coeur. Yeah. Yes. Solid C plus. <laughs> Solid C plus. B minus even. That's All right. Like, Ooh, all right I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, so, yes. This, you know, oh. The stair scene is just so relentless. Like mm-hmm. it's like it's straight action and you get Wick climbing the stairs. He's fighting all the normal henchmen in climbing. As he's getting higher, he falls down a little and gets to the top. You're like, oh, wow, yeah, he did get to the top. We're going to get the final battle. And then the main henchman boots him all the way down the (laughs) stairs 
and he's just rolling and rolling and rolling. I'm like, oh my god, like this is a lot. And he's <laughs> that rolling. That was kind of funny. I mean, can I interrupt? That was kind of funny. Oh, so yeah. funny. Oh yeah. It reminded me of the scene in in The Simpsons, like season two, where Homer tries to jo- jumps across the yeah. gorge, and just falls down. Don't don't don't. <laughs> Jay, our genius here, is the one that mans our Instagram account. Jay, if you can do a mashup of those two falls so that we can post it <laughs> oh, on yeah. our socials. I will get right on That it. would be incredible. You got it, yeah. genius. <laughs> <laughs> yes. what, how great is this? What does he do once he finishes that fall? He gets up and he starts back up the stairs again. I think it's a great analogy for the whole series, this this uh, staircase sequence, because it's, it's just, it's nonstop. And then doesn't he fall down like a third time? Yeah, so... so- yeah, he gets partway down, and then they throw him the rest of the way down. So yeah. all the way down, 222 steps. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Kane shows up, and it's them, those two, going up the stairs together. Yeah, right. the team up. Oh, and it's, it's so just great. like, Donnie Yen is the most possible Donnie Yen he can be the whole time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. the quick stabs, the fast punches. Kane stabs a henchman with a pencil. I mean, fuck <laughs> yes. yeah. Straight fan service. I will take every drop of it. Um, well, that's yes. what he's, so, like, I believe he does Wing Chun is his, like, uh, is his martial art, which is a very, very fast version of Kung Fu. And that's where Jeet Kune Do, which um, um, Bruce Lee came up with, came from. It's this very, like, the martial arts style is like this. You go in, you pop, 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 and you get out really quickly. Right. It's not, it's pretty much the opposite of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu right. where you take your time. It's like pop, pop, pop. And, and Donnie Yen, like, the, he's so fast so and fast. so subtle with those moves, and they're so mm-hmm. effective that, like, it, it's a testament to his martial art. Uh, I believe Ip Man actually was the one who designed that martial art, and he played Ip Man. So yeah. Right, well, that's the connection it, it, Kind of there a nice that, thread there, that, yeah. Right, that mm-hmm. Bruce Lee was trained by Ip Man, and Donnie Yen played it, man. Like that's that that's a hell of a movie too. I'm excited oh, yeah. that that one's so much fun. Oh yeah, we, that'll definitely be coming from us. Um, and I gotta say, like the dog really shined in these scenes too. So the trackers yes. back in, and man, is that dog just that dog is chock full of nuts. He is <laughs> he is full he is full of balls just like time. just like Wick Three and the and the Belgian Malinois yep. in that movie, like. This dog is also chock full of nuts. He's biting everybody, and and it's great. Like it's so much fun, and the dog's great, and the tracker's great, and yep. everybody's great. It's so much fun, and then as they're getting to the top, I it's I, I think I laughed maybe the hardest when he did this. Maybe maybe the second, but it was like the cane scenes are so funny when at the top. Kane says, you owe me. And then he takes his, his dagger and stabs Wick in the hand oh, with the sword. It was so terrific. <laughs> so fucking funny. What, what does Wick say to him, though? Uh, even, I, I think. Or, yeah, yeah, I think it was something like even or something like that. And it was like. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, now like, he's got to go lefty on the duel for his life. Yeah. It's like, ooh. <laughs> Yeah. Somehow but, that plays for comedy. I wonder if that could that have been in the script, or was it just like Donnie Yen having fun and Keanu like going with it? Oh man, I just thought it was such. Seems a great like a moment. plot device. So so it seems like a plot device because, I mean, let's face it, Donnie Yen is great, but he's blind and he's going and he's <laughs> right. That's they're true. doing yeah, a right. pistol firing duel. I'm like, he's not Daredevil. Like he's still <laughs> a person. So like, if John Wick's got to go lefty. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe yeah. we're approaching even the a little bit a little. more fail. Yeah. He's still <laughs> so. a man. Um well and then we get I mean, for all intents and purposes, then we get 
we get the big scene, right? We get we get the duel. So this is now going to denouement of the movie, right? We're getting into also one of the most beautiful scenes in any of the movies. Oh yeah. Um, but this is like just this movie was stunning a lot of the way through. Like we got all the Osaka scenes and everything else, and this was beautiful, straight western style, and just beautifully filmed. We get the sunrise hitting perfectly, and they're doing like old school dueling pistols. And this is Western style duel. Um, and yeah, this is when, you know, the, uh, uh, the Marquis was talking to him. He's like, you know, you better do this or else you're going to lose your daughter. And he's like, fuck off. Yeah, just quick, fuck off. Wow. So one of my good. three favorite Donnie N lines. Um, yeah. You know, Winston say, what a beautiful sunrise. He's like, do you have any advice? Like, just have fun out there. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, yeah. we got some beautiful comedy right at the end, too. Mm-hmm. And then we go right into the duel. I mean, like, going into this, like, how did you guys feel about it? Like, this is this is the big scene. Yeah, I think, that, like, the I think the payoff work, I was a little kind of concerned before it started just because, you know, I, I go to these movies for, like, physical altercations. So just, like... I don't know. A duel seems like the antithesis of that, but also it, it, you know, like you're saying, Dom, just like Kane is blind. There's a lot of interesting things. You know, John gets his shooting hand cut. Like they're, they're, they do enough with it. And I also really love the conclusion of the scene uh, where I was, I was pretty happy with how it played out. Yeah. Cause we, we got right into it and you get, they're starting at 30 paces. Yep. And after that, nobody's gotten hit. Um, they go down to 20 paces. Um, both of them get hit grazing blows. Kane hurt a little bit worse. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, down to 10 paces. And then um, I forget who said it. I think it was Wick says those who cling to death live. Those who cling to life die. Yeah. And another great, great line. And what turns out to be basically communication between the two of them. Right. Um, Wick gets shot bad. Wick purposely doesn't shoot his last shot. Right. And at that point, um, the Marquis agrees to let Kane and the daughter set free so the Marquis can shoot Wick, so they switch out, and then Wick hasn't shot his last shot yet. And, of course, consequences. Wick shoots the Marquis dead as a doornail. Oh, and what does Winston, however Winston, what he says there is friggin' fantastic. He, he insults call- him. He calls him, like, you fucking moron. Or yeah. Like, right, fucking right. Idiot. He hasn't yeah. shot his last shot yet. Oh, it's so good. Um, now, did did you all know his plan? Like, oh, that's what he didn't take that last shot because he's saving it for uh, Pennywise. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was surprised, and then I was. like when I, I saw it the too. first I was, time. But then I kind of felt dumb. Like maybe I should have seen it coming. But I was just like, it paid off big time for me. I was just like, yeah, yeah I didn't expect. So it. I, mean, I figured. So I figured they get to so the end result I wasn't surprised by, but how yeah. they got there, because I'm like, if Donnie Yen dies and his daughter dies, it's fucked up. You know, yeah, that's going to be rough to swallow. That's going to be a big dark cloud. If John wick dies, eh, you know, I'd be like, what else does he have to live for? I can, I can allow it. But if this jerk Pennywise lives, <laughs> right. I'm going to be mad. Well, and and I like... got all those things. Ha- all those things happen just like, like I thought they would, but not in that way and i was like how they and they did it i I think really well i was like okay cool and and, you know you got the these movies have a lot of catharsis in them it doesn't no i don't i don't feel frustrated watching these movies i'm not like come on you know they're not tragic to me you know they're tragic to the characters but to me i feel like i get the 
feelings I want to feel from them, and I feel like they really delivered the whole way through all four of them. Oh, yeah. And, and well, Totally and, up to the end. And I think it was smart of them to add in the extra weight of, well, if Wick dies, it's not just Wick dying, but now Winston's going to die too. So Because yeah. I think otherwise they really have done a good job of making us connect with and care with, uh, with Kane so that you mm-hmm. could easily say, oh, I don't really care, like... Yep, John can die. He everything that he's living for is dead. So who cares? But when you add in the like, oh, but then they would kill Winston too, and now him and Winston are cool again, and we can love him again. And yeah, and yeah the stakes to... are the stakes are there that you need John to not lose. I guess is a good way right, to describe right, it. Right, right, yeah. This this isn't top round stakes. This is prime ribeye stakes right here. <laughs> right. This is some wagyu action. Yeah, this this is good stuff. So let's just go through let's go through the consequences. Right. This was my my heading for my notes was consequences. Yes, all right. So the marquee's dead, Wick's Yay. free, Winston gets the hotel back. You know, Kane says my brother and Wick says you owe me one. And then we get this beautiful panoramic view of the sunrise and the building. Yep. You know, Wick walking down the steps, collapsing. Um, and my notes were, he got back out his way. And as they said earlier in the movie, there is no way out without death. And he slumps over after saying the name of his wife, apparently dead. Uh, back to New York, we get the tombstone of John Wick, loving husband, buried yep. next to his wife. Left vaguely ambiguous on person. Um, on, on person. On purpose. <laughs> but I have read a bunch of stuff after saying basically not that is not the intent of the director or Keanu Reeves. This was not supposed to be ambiguous. Like you didn't see a corpse, but that's not the intent. The intent wasn't to leave it open for a sequel. This was supposed to be wick is dead. Yeah. Right. That's not, they weren't intending to leave it ambiguous. I mean, you know, they sure did though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, how did you guys feel about that? Jay and Tom? Like, how yeah. do you feel? So this is four movies. Uh, for us, like six hours of podcasting, maybe more, talking about this. And this is the conclusion here. Like, how, it, just uh, in the final scene, we'll have some time to talk in a little bit about, like, uh, our own catharsis of the whole book. But in just this ending scene, like, how did that, how did that ending moment hit with you guys? I was, honestly, that movie was, so I've only seen it once. And that movie was a lot. It was a lot to take in. All four movies together is a lot to take in. It's a Mm -hmm. lot of action. It kept my attention the whole time. I like things that end, and I liked how it ended. And he could have lived and walked off under the sunset. He could have died. Either way, it was time to end. So I'm like, okay, I'm good. It, You know, I felt for him that he died, but I was also like... How could he? How could he live? Like, yeah, absolutely. Right. Massacred hundreds of people. His house is blown up. His wife is dead. Like, he kind of like like uh, you know, this was basically just him. You know, it was this the this movie symbol. All the movies are symbolic at this point. Right. Yeah. His wife's yeah. dead. It's gone. It's done. So symbolically speaking. You know, it's done, but in the physical world, he has no place there. No, it's so consequences. Him dying almost seems like a release. Yep. Yeah, consequences. Yep. He got, like you said, he got out his way, yeah. but there, this was the consequences of him getting back in. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you, Jay? You know, I, I just, 
I was super sad. Like, yeah, fair. I don't want John Wick to be dead. I want him to keep murdering, you know, <laughs> everybody, people, guilty people. <laughs> just keep this, keep this ball rolling. Yeah. No, and that's that's completely fair. Um, yeah, let's, you know, I think let's let's take a almost a little break. Uh, before we get into our overall thoughts about the movie, because there's there's a lot to talk through. I, I have some very strong thoughts about this movie. Yes. But I think we're gonna do we're gonna do a segment. Ooh, yeah, and I'm excited about this because what this segment yes. is about, I need some of right now after that. And here we go. Yeah. <laughs> With science. Yes, science. Science. It's not rocket science. Just say yes and we'll move on. Science. Oh, that gets me ready for information. Yes! The, the Will Ferrell Harry carries. It's <laughs> just freaking wonderful. <laughs> it's the moon made of cheese. I love it. All right. So I know I know. originally I said I wanted to do dog stuff for as many of these as possible, and then I subbed in Revenge for one of them. But I'm going to do not another non-dog related one because there is – I don't really know if it's plot, product placement or just fun, but there's a fair amount of whiskey in yes. these movies. Absolutely. So let's talk about whiskey. And I also, one of the reasons I'm doing this is because Stromy is a spirits guy. He's a spirited guy, but he's also a spirits guy. This so is I true. Feel like, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start this off and talk about the science oh, and- of alcohol fermentation, yada, yada, yada. And then I'm going to kind of gradually get Stromy in here to contribute his expertise on more of the market and what types of whiskeys are and out there. Dom, can we just pause before you get into that? Stromy is actually has like credentials in the spirit world. So I feel like it's important, Stromy, oh, just yeah. for you to share for our audience. But is those he a Ghostbuster? He's got credentials oh. in the spirit world? <laughs> <laughs> he ain't yeah. afraid of no ghosts. Yeah, let me let me put in my proton pack and let's talk <laughs> about whiskey. Yeah, so um so yeah, I'm a I'm a food and beverage nerd uh, on many things, but uh, spirits has become my number one expertise. And I have uh, I do uh, spirit judging in competitions uh, in Rochester. I'm working on getting outside of Rochester a bit. Uh, I got my WSET. That's the uh, uh, Wine Spirits and Education Trust out of the UK. I got my Level Two Spirit certification a couple of years ago, uh, which is one of the sommelier tracks essentially. So if you're going to become like a wine professional. This is one of like the two major organizations you'd work with. So I got my level two spirit cert uh, a couple of years ago and, you know, I dabble in, uh, you know, spirit reviews and just really getting deep into the nerdery because it is fascinating, uh, which is why I'm really excited to talk about this stuff because I love talking about it. Yes. So just yeah, like I with- wanted to take advantage of you being here not just Ooh. i want to take advantage, take advantage of you, of you too but, uh, <laughs> all right so anyway, i'm going to start with the bare bones of alcohol how we get alcohol is a process called fermentation um you don't have to get alcohol from fermentation but the processes we do of course we want alcohol and basically put it's turning carbs typically sugars so that's very small carbs right um like Um, starches are lots of sugars put together um so it's typically just sugar uh to get alcohol and you use microbes to do that and the reason you use microbes to do that is because microbes can do it anaerobically so anaerobic means you don't need oxygen to do it anaerobic respiration or fermentation is less efficient than what we do 
we do something where we have oxidative phosphorylation, where we take sugar, we do something called glycolysis, and then we do oxidative phosphorylation and we get a bunch of energy from it, but we don't get alcohol as a byproduct, right? What happens is microbes don't do the phosphorylation. They only do glycolysis. And so just real quick, you get glycolysis, you get two pyruvates, uh, two acetaldehydes. And then as a result, you get carbon dioxide and ethanol, which is the stuff that we like in our booze. And if you ever have beer, you'll notice it's got bubbles and it's got alcohol. That's where that stuff comes from, right? Um, it's not, like I said, it's not as efficient Oxygen makes it more efficient, but you don't get alcohol. It's interesting. We actually do fermentation in our bodies, but it's much less fun. So when we work out really hard and we can't get enough oxygen to our muscles, we will do fermentation. But the byproduct is not alcohol, which would be awesome. It's <laughs> unfortunately lactic acid. So lactic acid is another type of thing that you can get from fermentation so what do we use typically for fermentation well we can use bacteria but most often we use yeast the specific we, we use is saccharomyces cerevisiae which cerevisiae means um of beer and saccharomyces means sugar fungus because you'll find yeast all over anything sugary if you find a a, a berry growing in the wilderness there's a pretty good chance there's yeast on it not a lot but enough now, yeast are part of Ascomycota, which are the sac fungi, but they're typically unicellular for the most part. Um, and they, they're they very simple. They reproduce by budding, which is very simple. You got a single cell and it pops another little cell off it, right? And they do this fermentation process and we breed it to do that fer fermentation process. So fermentation probably happened naturally. And then we ate some rotten fruit and got messed up on it. And we're like, wait, I like this. I want to hundred percent. We can, we well, can figure out a way to keep doing this and not just fruit. Mead is from honey, but it's sugar, sugar, sugar. So if there's sugars, there's yeast, if there's yeast, there's aer anaerobic respiration and you get alcohol. Well, and to your point though, like when you're talking about, you know, essentially you mentioned natural fermentation. Um, there's this whole, you know, there's a classic style of winemaking, uh, where essentially you're not adding yeast, you're using the yeast that lives on the grapes to ferment it. So that's often now referred to as natural wines because they're not adding anything. They're not adding sulfur. They're not adding yeast. Uh, they're adding the natural yeast and uh, you know, uh, you know, flora that's on the on the plants uh, actually ferment the product. And actually, it turns out to be the yeast in the environment where it's fermenting that creates this, um, for lack of a better term, terroir where you're tasting the land where it grows on, but you're tasting the microbes that live in the fermentation area just as much oh. as you're tasting the actual land that it grows on. Because that really is part of the location is the bacteria and yeast content in the area where it's fermenting. Nice. So glad. I'm so glad I brought this up with you. Because now <laughs> I want you to no, Because I'm going to finish up my oh, part please. now. And then, then you're going to jump on this. So... I believe from what I've read is that what defines whiskey is it's you ferment from the carbs are grains, but the mash is typically barley, corn, etc. Um, and you take the mash and the mash is uh, grains mixed with water and you heat it up, but you don't heat it up too much. And what happens is you get amylase, which is the protein that breaks down the starch into sugars, and then the yeast does its thing. 
and then you get whiskeys. And I believe the differences between each whiskey is the type of mash, how long you ferment, and where they come from. And that's all I got. And now it's the Stromy show. Oh, awesome. Nuts, man. See, I, I love this because I specifically asked to have no preparation for this um, because <laughs> I love the challenge of having to be able to do this off the top of my head, which is fun. So it's really interesting that you mentioned barley because the reason barley is there is actually because that is where the amylase comes from. So that's the function of the barley and why in many bourbons that there's a 5% barley or something else is that that's what's bringing the amylase because they could add it, but then it's not the same thing. Like you're actually getting some content from the barley as well. And for example, uh, you know, a scotch or, uh, well, let's say single, single malt scotch or full malt scotch or Japanese malt, that's 100% barley, which has its own amylase in it. Uh, so that ferments, you know, that does its own processing of uh, from the starches to sugars. But for other whiskey making, they use barley to bring that amylase in. Sometimes they'll have to add more, like for rye, rye's harder to ferment. But corn, yeah, pretty easy to ferment. So you only use a little bit, and then it just goes the rest of the way itself. So uh, a lot of that amylase is really coming from barley. But when you're talking about mash bills, so then you're talking about different genres of whiskey, right? So as I just mentioned, like, you know, when you ever see single malt scotch or full malt scotch, because it can still be a blend and be full malt or a blend of single malts. Um, those are 100%, by definition, 100% malted barley. And malting being the process of basically light roasting and almost sprouting it to bring out the um, amylase and also give some toasted flavors. So that process does multiple things all at the same time. Um, and sometimes they'll actually malt other grains. So malt corn or they'll malt rye or other things like that. It brings different flavors out in the product. Um, but so what's most famous like here in America is bourbon. So bourbon is really defined by uh, three different things. So one being that it has to be over 50% corn, um, that it has to be aged in new American oak barrels charred. Um, and that's it. There's no duration. There's no anything else. And that it has to be unfinished with something else. Has, that is the only process it can go to to be labeled as bourbon. So those are the only three caveats. You can make a open-bottomed barrel that you pour unaged corn whiskey through, and you can roll it down like an ice luge, and it is now bourbon. <laughs> it won't be delicious, but it is technically bourbon. There's no other things that are required to do that. I've there... definitely drank some stuff that's technically bourbon <laughs> <laughs> in my youth. Um, uh, I so... would say most of the plastic bottle stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you use that same mentality with other categories, and it kind of sits the same way. Um, what is rye? Rye is 51% minimum rye content. Um, you know, American... Uh, malt whiskey, over 50% uh, malted barley is the base. So it basically, the categories keep on coming up, and it's the same kind of thing. Um, there are other requirements, like if you're straight or if you're bottled in bond, or there's lots of other regulations. But that's the main stuff, is that really it's what is it made of? You know, it's the grain base. How is it aged? You know, uh, scotch whiskey will be aged in used barrels, 
Uh. Mostly and many times, it's actually ex bourbon barrels. Uh. So many many scotches are aged in ex bourbon barrels. Um, for example, you know the the whiskey we're drinking right now. Oh, it's so uh, good. Which it's is delicious. a uh, uh, Kurayoshi uh, single malt. Uh, actually, it just says malt whiskey because they don't use the same terminology in Japanese. Uh, but this is uh, or aged for more than three years in ex bourbon white oak casks. So this is made in the Japanese style with Japanese water and everything else, uh, but it's you know put into Axe bourbon barrels, so you get some of that influence. Sometimes they use sherry, sometimes they use other things. Mm. So yeah, it's um, the world of this stuff is endlessly fascinating, and everything matters from how you how you ferment it. Are you doing it open? Are you doing it closed? What kind of still are you using? Are you using a column still? Are you using a pot still? Are you using a cognac worm? Uh, uh, you know, a different style of uh, cognac style stills. Huh. All these things matter and they change the flavor. But this is why this is so deep and nerdery is that <laughs> we just broke the surface of the depth of how do these amazing products get made. Um, and then why we can never afford to buy the, what is apparently Yamazaki 25 that is in Wick 4, ah, which is gonna be my almost question, guaranteed it? into the thousands of dollars per bottle. <laughs> Yamazaki 12 is sick. I loved it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I've, I've had 18 once, and I've, I've seen 25, I think, twice. But it's got to be two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000 a bottle, if not more. Um, but, yeah, so that's my, that is my little, uh, little piece of nerdery when it comes to spirits. Thanks for... Uh, Thanks for setting me up for that, man. That was fun. No problem. No problem. Um, well, and that was going to be actually my question, just following up, being the uh, very amateur enthusiast of whiskey, is I just wanted to review what were the whiskeys that were used in this. So you mentioned in four we got. Uh, what uh, was that again? Yamazaki 25, which is uh, from the uh, Beam Suntory distillery. Okay. Uh, when I say Beam Suntory, that is Jim Beam that basically Suntory bought. Straight up. Oh, wow. They bought the Jim Beam Distillery straight really? up. Yeah. Wow. If I remember correctly. Um, it might have been a merger, but it really was right, right. Suntory. Um, I know in Wick 1, we had some, we had a Blanton's, Blanton's uh, yep. scene. Um, I think in 3, uh, Winston was drinking something out of a, um, you know, out of a decanter. Uh-huh. You know, I wouldn't so be shocked if it was, was an old... You know, an old whiskey of some sort, right? Or a cognac. It seems like he'd be a cognac man. I could see that. Sure, like sure. expensive cognac. That's really the general gist of what was shown. There was a couple other things here and there, but that was the main uh, group of what they showed on screen. Nice. Yeah, it actually is John Wick that got me into my recent now exploration of the whiskey world because I saw him drinking that Blanton's in the first one, and I just wanted to look up. I'm like, what is this like? This, like, ball bottle with a horse on top. And then thanks to the algorithms uh, on our phones and how these algorithms know everything about us and track us worse than Skynet, uh, it instantly my TikTok feed became all bourbon and all bourbon stuff. And uh, just like uh, the happy consumer I am, I saw enough TikTok feeds and was like, ooh, I want to try. This sounds good. So I'm slowly into it. I'm just uh, to wrap this really quickly for our audiences and really for myself. Um, uh, Dom and, and Stromi, I know you guys are whiskey aficionados. Uh, Jay, I don't know how where you land on this too, but for any of you, just give like a quick, like this is one I'd recommend. Like you could find fairly easily without like hunting down, um, you know, 
for for our listeners too. Hey, here's a whiskey I love that's uh, you can find without like murdering someone or waiting in line. Yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm gonna throw one out right away that is um really it's it's unique and well it's kind of interesting. So it is a uh, a Texas bourbon. Okay. So the uh, boiling hot Texas style bourbon. Uh, so this is uh, from a distillery called Balconis, out of uh, out of Texas, and this is the the red label Texas bourbon, and it is it runs like twenty five thirty dollars. Oh, that's cheap. And it's aged quick because it's in Texas heat, mm. and it gets this oily deep notes, and it's done quick, so it's got a little bit of bite and some real character to it. Um, so you can really taste the corn. It's got some interesting notes. Makes for a fascinating cocktail that um, I really enjoy. And at a price where you're like, yeah, this is this is a good buy. It's sweet. It's complicated. It's deep. It is, it's really interesting. And uh, for the price and for something like if you're just drinking Kentucky stuff or Tennessee stuff and you're getting outside of that, it's a fascinating dive into the different world of what bourbon really can be. Oh, so nice. I'll, I'll throw that one out because it's accessible. Um, almost any quality store will have it. Um, and nice. uh, we're, worth looking out. Uh, so Balconis, many different labels, but the, the red label Texas bourbon, nice. you know, like I said, 25, 30 bucks. Oh, awesome. Great, great for the price. Awesome. You guys have any other recs? Yes, for relaxing times, make it Suntory time. <laughs> uh, so Jay has been lost in translation on that one. Yes, um, that is my contribution. I like that. That was good. Uh, Dom, you got one? Uh, I love Lamfrog lore. That's a big fan. That's a little more expensive, though. Um, Yamazaki 12 is very expensive. Yes. I like Talisker. Oh, yeah. Really I've got Talisker. Yeah, it's really um, good. Uh, I once had a... So on the Irish whiskey side, Triconal 16 made oh, me very happy. Uh, shockingly, very... I have that bottle on my shelf. It is excellent. Really? Yeah. I'll have to try it. It's yeah. excellent. I, I got it on a discount huh. at uh, $85, and wow. it was a steal at $85. Nice. Huh. Nice. Yeah, I remember, like, like I it was actually, it was the semester I did, oh, it was COVID, first COVID semester. It was actual murder, and my wife's like, what do you want? And I'm like, I want booze. I buy me booze. <laughs> so, well, next next time you come up, Dom, yeah. I've got it on the shelf. So yeah. the Turconnell 16 is yeah, excellent. She, she got me. Yeah, she got me. Tur- it's Turconnell. You're right. It's not try. Turconnell, uh, Turconnell 16. Oban 18 was another one she got me. Delightful. Pretty nice. happy with nice. that. So, yeah. I don't drink a lot. I don't drink a lot volume-wise. So, like, yeah, me I'm, either, I'm really. able to drop the dime because I don't drink very much of it. No, that's awesome. Uh, Those are great. Those are great choices, too. Nice. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Let's finish off just with like, yeah, that let's finish great. off with the rest of the, the spinoffs, you know, ideas that are coming and yes. now let's get into our final thoughts. So we do get a post-credit scene of Ooh, uh, yeah. Koji's daughter, you know, uh, Kane's hanging out in the, the square where his daughter's playing uh, the violin and um, Koji's daughter shows up and is going after Kane and they're like, he said she should at right. the end. So we did, it was a very brief scene, but I was like, yeah, that's great. Um, which Hammer kind of laid home consequences. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it kind of laid off, laid out all the different ways, you know, like, man, like, I think we're all excited to see more wiki universe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really laid a lot of potential for spinoffs. I'm going to list what I thought. So, I, I mean, the daughter could carry a spinoff. I think yeah. she was excellent. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I really want to see the tracker in a whole movie. I, I oh, thought yeah. he was awesome. Yep. Yep. 
Um, but I don't think they ham-handed it too much. I think they set it up where they could make spinoffs of this yeah. in movies. So we're already getting the Ana de Armas ballerina movie. Yes. But, man, I'd want to see the tracker in a movie. I want to see yep. him pop up in those again, yep. for sure. Yeah, a lot of these characters. Did anyone, speaking of spinoffs, did anyone watch The Continental? No, I haven't I watched s- it yet. I have not yeah, I yet. I started it. I'm still, um, <laughs> I'm still acclimating. I have heard... If you, like there were a few needle drops in this one. Like every second, there's another needle drop of a you know a pop song from. Mm. Um, I have heard that it. The, I think it, it takes place good, in the sixties and seventies. But I've heard that it. Oh, takes, that's fair. It it's, really it's, it's by a rough, like, but again, I'm just adjusting. Yeah, I've heard that it takes a few to get going, but by like the third, because I think it's only three episodes. Yeah, three yeah, or I've four. Heard the payoff in they're the hour third and a half episode long episodes. Is very, so it's basically three movies. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> So I am really excited to watch that um, and catch up. But I, I am excited to see where the, the movie universe goes to between, you know, obviously getting the ballerina movie because, um, you know, she's excellent. And Armas is yeah. just yes. she she, and I, she can really carry a movie after. Yeah. Yes. And I want to see her carry a movie where she's awesome and not carry a movie where she is abused for like three hours like Marilyn. Um so I'm, or was that what the movie was called? I can't, I, uh, tried, to, like I tried to wash it from my brain. Oh, you're right. It was Blonde. Blonde, that's it? right. That was, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> she's fantastic. So I'm looking forward to her like murdering people. And yeah, because she was great one. in the brief, uh, the last uh, James Bond movie too. Yep. Yep. And she, she was, was great fantastic in, in Knives Out. Like I, in fact, I had to watch Knives Out after Blonde because I needed to see a movie where she wasn't just abused for three hours. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's good. I would really like to see a prequel uh, where we find, see more of like a young John wick. That's either like, I would love to see him and Kane. Um, I, it would be interesting if they could tell the story of how he got out with help, like that impossible task that he did. Sure. That would be interesting, but I kind of like the, uh, again, I'm a huge star Wars nerd. And I think one of the, the problems with Star Wars is a problem that we see in a lot of these franchises where it starts with this great character, and then these franchises have a problem breaking away from that character. So I'm totally okay with saying, like, I love the John Wick universe, but I don't, like, not everybody has to be a Skywalker. Not everybody has to be John Wick. Like, give me more stuff that, it can allude to it, but I'm cool. They've created this incredible world uh, with it that I would be interested to see where else they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm gonna be that guy. I'm sorry, but I'm be gonna that be that guy. guy. Do it. I'm good. That's fair. I, I, yeah, I'm good. I think we live in a day and age where we ring out these franchises. Speaking of <laughs> Star Wars, I didn't need three prequels. The three sequels <laughs> sucked, and half of the other movies are unnecessary. I don't need every single element of minutia of a galaxy a long time ago and a galaxy far, far away right. told to me, I don't right. need to see everything. And I feel like when they do that, it becomes, it, it feels like a money grab. And the worst, Oh, it is. And, it and is. I'll tell you, John Wick, yes, it made a lot of money, but this was a passion project for yes. these people. No doubt. And I can see it and I can smell it and I watch it and I feel joy, not just for me, but also for them that they were able to express themselves artistically. I feel like this is an artistic expression. Absolutely. And the, I didn't watch the continental and hopefully that's good. But the more they ring this stuff out, the more less it turn it, it goes from art into, into the next cheese food product. And so I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. If I want to watch John wick, if I want more John wick, I'll watch those damn movies again yeah. because they're awesome. 
No, that's I, just my two cents on it. But you know, no, I that's like I, I like to be proven wrong. If no, I, I John Wick five and he's a zombie and it's freaking awesome. <laughs> I'm in, you know. But like my standpoint now is I'm good. I want to just quickly talk about the consistency because you know you have your favorite yes, movie please. franchises and everyone apologizes for the you know this second one or the third one or this eventually the wheels fall off like. I can't really think of another franchise that is this consistent in terms of like keeping quality control. Like, oh, at yeah. a you know, I can think of one. What's that? Toy Story. Oh, oh yeah. That's it. That's the only one. Yeah, that was a good every one. single one of those movies is great. I watched you. the fourth one in my in my forties, and I'm like, that was excellent. <laughs> yes. Yeah, every one. <laughs> so I remember good. when they said we're doing a two. Well, you don't need a two. It's unnecessary, and that was my reaction to every sequel. And they've done four, and they were all of them perfect. So. Hey. It's the only movie franchise that got past three movies, and all of them were good. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the only one. So, so to your to your point, Jay, let let's dive into what we said we we're going to do originally. Let's let's go into our rankings, and then I'm going to say some real hyperbolic shit. Ooh, um, yes, here so, we go. Um, here we go. So, Jay, what is your official rankings of the series? I think as of right now, one for. Three, two. Okay. Okay. Got it. Dom, what about you? One, four, two, three. Mike? Oh, man. I am very tempted to follow Dom, but I'm, man, I'm really tempted. You know what? I'm just going to throw, I'm throwing darts at the wall here, and I'm going to say four, one, two, three. I, wow. They, you know, I don't like long movies, and they made an almost three hour movie, and. Holy cow. It was, uh, uh, we're grasping straws here. I think one and four, they're very different. I, I think I described before, they feel like, to me, the Raid and Raid 2, that they're, to what they're trying to accomplish with those movies are so different. And they they knew the assignment. They nailed what they were trying with both of them. I'll just give four that it gave us like a whole other extra hour of movie and all the, and Donnie Yen and Scott Adkins in a fat suit. Come on. So cool. And then I, I, I 100%, if anybody says one or four as their top ones, I 100% respect either decision. I think I still have to go one, four, two, three, but I'm, it's so close. Like it's really just splitting hairs for yeah. me between four and one. I, I think I might enjoy four more in many ways. Um, in almost in many, many ways, really. Uh, but I think, so I'm going to go into my hyperbolic yes, things for it, a moment. So, what I'm going to say is, um, echoing what what Dom said, this is one of the most consistent and really crafted um, action series that has ever been made. I think one is a top tier standalone action movie. One of one of my absolute favorite. It's a straight like one of the best revenge movies just ever made. Absolutely. Like, and it might be right at the top. Like we're talking, like it might be in the top five total. And it might be top three and it might be number one. It's Mm -hmm. really excellent. Um, I will go as far as to say that I think John Wick four is like, it's up there in the top 10, top five best big budget action movies ever. Mm -hmm. It is so relentlessly good from start to finish. It's funny. The talent they brought in is excellent. The visuals are stunning. The pacing is fantastic. Like, I don't know. I'd rather watch this a million times than watch Endgame ever again. 
<laughs> right? Like it's seconded. I, I would rather watch this so many times every day versus watch watching Endgame one more time. Um, <laughs> like there's not that many big budget action movies that kill it as hard as this did. I don't know. I'm not sure I can name 10 movies that are better than this as a big budget action movie. I'm not sure I can name five that are better than it. I mean, this is a side conversation, but personally I'd say Infinity War is better than Endgame, but that's that's a different podcast. That's not our podcast. Right, but even then, like, I don't know. Yeah. I'd rather watch this more than any Marvel movie. Like, I don't care which one. I think it's better than any Marvel movie that has ever been made. Um, I, I it's It is really, like, it lives in that world. Like, I don't know. I'd put it up in there with, with Dark Knight. Like, yeah. it lives in that world of best big-budget action movies ever made. And I could see somebody putting it at the top of their list. It's that good. Well, and it's crazy, too, when you think about it, when you think about that this is a, and we've said this before, is a passion project. This is a franchise that was created by a team of stunt professionals right. uh, that they put this together. Uh, and, yes, you've got Keanu Reeves and you've got some big names, but it really... Uh, you know, we talked about at the point that this was for Keanu Reeves when he came out, like, you know, he was kind of an afterthought and it really, everything in these movies came from a center of the stunt professional world and that they gave this, they dropped this and it competes with all the might of, uh, when you talk about Marvel, the Disney Marvel, like that's big budget, big studios and Yes, Wick 4, as the movies went, they had bigger attention, bigger action, but it's still, at its core, like, this is this is a movie made by a team of stunt professionals, and it just, to me, is like, it's such a statement, right? Mm-hmm. So, how, how did my hyperbolic statement hit you, Jay, when we're talking about that? I'm just uh, completely in agreement. I, 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 I think it's all true. I, I think this is, like, the biggest shot in the arm in action cinema. And I, I don't know. It's like feels watershed. It's like, I think I said this when we had our, when we talked about the first movie is like, this was like, I would be like whining when the raid would come out and be like, why can't we have cool things like this? Why do we always have to like <laughs> go across the shores to find cool things? And, and it's just like John Wick delivers on what I had been wanting for, I don't know, a, a long time. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a hundred percent true. Um, so yeah, I like, cause I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of other movies that really, you know, compete on it. Like we're, we're talking like, these are all like some of the biggest, biggest, best action movies of all time. Like this lives in the same world to me as like mission Impossible six fallout. Oh, like yeah. it's just as good, if not better. And that oh, movie, yeah. when I saw it just like blew me away. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like then we're we're starting to talk about like we're putting this in the same world as Die Hard. We're putting this in the same world as, um, you know, like Raiders aliens, of the Lost Ark Predator. and Aliens. Like mm. this is the world I think it lives in. Like absolutely, that that's the kind of level I'm putting it on at this point. Is this isn't like this doesn't live in that like oh it's it's a really good sequel. No, I I think it lives anywhere with those and absolutely. Um, 100%. and that that's, it's really stunning to say that at this point when we've seen a whole series and that the fourth one might end up being one of the best action movies ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, is a real thing to say. And I, 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 to be honest, I do say that as like, 
I, I'm an obsessive fan. I, I adore this series. <laughs> well, that's the that's the reason why we had to do this this entire series with you because yeah. we know how much you love it and your passion is definitely added into not just added into has I think uh, invigorated all of us. This is yeah, uh, the movie is great, and then your perspective and passion for it is unparalleled, and your mm-hmm. kindness in sharing some of this delicious wiki. Whiskey, whiskey <laughs> wiki, wiki, um, yeah, all good. Yeah, so I gotta say, like, guys, that this was a blast, and it, it it did really force me to take a look back at it as a whole, and getting to you know really think about it and feel about it a little bit, and like it, it is really special that we got to see that, like you mentioned, uh, Mike, you know that that vision that we got to see, yeah, um, was was a huge complete thought, and I'm not sure it was originally. But after that, it was. Yep. You know, yep. they they turned it into a complete thought. Yep. And it was, um, it was one hell of a ride. And I'm really glad I got to go on with you guys. This this was a blast. Yes. Yeah. Same. Same. And it's interesting, like looking back at when we started this show a couple of years ago, um, because uh, we all love John Wick, and I know we had talked about what do we want to cover, and that came up early. And I think my initial thoughts were. Well, I don't know. That's like a gun action movie. That's not really what I want out of this show. I want to do, um, you know, but it it really does fit. And I love that through this journey together, I think we talked about why this is a martial arts movie. It's not just a, like, gun action movie, even mm-hmm. though, as I mentioned, my son says, well, you should name yourself Gunches and Popcorn for this series. <laughs> Thank you. That is the well brilliance done. of a sixth grader. That's uh, great. I love him. Uh, and he is a good supporter of the show. Uh, but it really does fit in. So, uh, Chris, I'm so glad that we had you with us. Uh, you know, I will look forward to having you back with us, talking about other great stuff, too. Oh, and, yeah. And, Guy, we have a lot of stuff to get to in the future, too. So, man, this is this has been quite a journey. Yeah, and you, and get, to go, you get to go back to your roots now. You get to go to some classic uh, martial arts movies after this, too. Oh, yeah, we got uh, plenty of great stuff coming ahead. And uh, as you're listening to this, there's a good chance if it hasn't already happened that the Anomaly Film Fest, its fifth annual uh, occurrence, will be happening at the Little Theater in sunny Rochester. So I know we'll be there, and there's some uh, special kung fu martial arts-related events going on at that that we'll be promoting through our socials and uh, maybe have some thoughts on here as well. Yeah, so, I'm excited to excited to chat about that one too. That'll be a blast. Absolutely. And Anomaly is always, uh, they're kind of the inspiration point for us. The festival is just a great, I mean, any where, wherever you're listening to us, if you have local film festivals, please go and support. Uh, we have always been consistent in saying like, hey, support your local theaters, support your local, local filmmakers. Uh, for those here in Rochester, go and check out Anomaly. November eighth through twelfth at the Little Theater in Rochester, New York. Yes, and that's this is their fifth year. They're going five days this year, so this it's a bit it's a big one. It's the big one. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so, guys, thanks so much for having me over. This was just just a blast. Yes, this is great. Thank you. Um, we'll have more to come. So, gentlemen, I will sign us off. This has been a presentation of the Lunchroom Podcast Network. Now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back.